Well, hello and welcome to this English lesson where you get to ask me questions and I try my best to answer them. You'll notice that I'm inside today. Um one of the things that does happen every once in a while is it rains here. It's not raining right now but it's very dark outside. There's a lot of clouds in the sky uh and it's very, very windy. So, I thought, you know what? I might as well do my live stream inside. I'm actually sitting in my comfy chair and you know what? Because it's raining and I have lots of time, I'm not sure how long this live stream will go. Um if I feel great at the end of the hour, I might just keep going. I've never done a live stream where I try to answer all the questions. <laughs> we'll see if I can get that done today. A few things before we start. Uh I'm Bob the Canadian. Thank you so much for watching all of my videos on YouTube. Actually, if you go to bobthecanadian.com, you will see a list of all the places that I am teaching English. I actually teach English on TikTok for some of you younger people out there um and I have a few podcasts and other things as well. Usually, it's just repeat content from a YouTube channel but sometimes it's nice to be able to listen to a lesson later after you've already watched it once to reinforce what you've learned. Anyways, welcome to this lesson. Again, make sure the chat is English only. Make sure you use the chat to have conversations with each other. I do not answer questions that you ask in the chat but there will be a link that Todd and Dave will be linking as we do this live session um and you can use that link to ask me questions. I'm going I'm going to do a quick audio check here. Sounds like everything is working well. You'll notice as well I'm wearing my glasses today. Um I'm going to try not to look up. If I look up like this, you can see my big light. I'm gonna try and make sure I don't do that but in order to read the screen better, I have my reading glasses on. I only wear these glasses for reading. So, I think we're ready to start. Um Let me check if there is a question. There usually is and as normal, Bob the Canadian is clicking in all the wrong spots in order to find the question. Give me one moment uh, to find the question. Let's see here and we are started. Ruslan, hi Ruslan, how are you? Hi, teacher Bob, nice to see you. How to correctly write officially the result achieved in the end was good or the result that was achieved in the end was good. They're both correct, Ruslan. The first one is better in my opinion. It's less wordy. In English, when you use too many words, we describe it as uh, being very wordy. The second sentence is correct but it's very wordy. The result that was achieved in the end was good. I would probably say the the result achieved in the end was good. That's awesome. It's nice when you do something and the result that you achieve is good. Uh let's see here. Next question is from Athanasios and the question is, hello, teacher Bob. Hello, Athanasios. How are you doing? Good. We say a person has cons. A person has defects. Which one thanks in advance? We would probably say that a person has bad character traits. We might say the person has flaws. So, both of your words are correct in the sense that they are a negative way to describe someone um but Uh we would most likely say, you know, I'm glad that you're dating him but he does have a lot of flaws. I I'm your cousin is a really cool person but she does have some flaws. So, that would be the word that we would use when describing a person. Uh let's see here. Adam. Hi, Adam. Hello, teacher Bob. If I'm on a conference call, 
Should I say I'm going to mute the computer, the mic or the call? Thanks. You would say that you are going to mute the mic. In fact, I can give you an example. Right now, if I was on a call with you, I would say, oh, just a minute. I'm going to mute my mic because I need to answer my phone and then I would push this button. There, that's better. Now, my mic's back on. So, we'll see what happens. It says that the stream has disconnected and it says now that it's reconnected. So, let's just wait for a moment and see what happens. The day where I have lots of time to do a live stream is of course, the day where I'm going to have some problems. So, it looks like it's back again. Um, By the way, that made me laugh because earlier I said, I have lots of time today. I'm in my comfy chair. I'm going to sit and live stream for as long as possible and then today is the day where we have some problems. So, hopefully, that was the only problem and hopefully, we can uh, continue this live stream with less problems. Let me get to the next question. Uh, Let's see here. This question is from Deekshanch. Hi, Bob. You'll be happy to know that I'm going to college this year very soon. I'm pursuing a Bachelor of Arts degree. Will you not wish me good luck? I'm sorry, Bob. So, no need to apologize, Deke Shantz. You are going to college. That is an awesome thing. Uh, I wish you all the best. I hope that it goes really, really well for you. Uh, Let me get to the next question here. Next question is from Johnny from Brazil. Good morning, Bob. Hope you're doing great. What's the difference in meaning between the words eavesdrop and over here. Thanks a lot. So, they are basically the same. If two people are talking in another room and I'm in a spot in the room beside them where I can hear them, you could say that I'm eavesdropping or that I can overhear what they're saying. So, notice there's a slight difference there. The action of what I'm doing is called eavesdropping but what I am doing when I am eavesdropping is I am able to overhear what they say. So, it's just two ways to reference the same kind of behavior. Uh, Let me get to the next question. Um, Bilal has the next question. Sir, what does count off mean? So, it can mean a couple of things. When I was a kid, we would have to line up in school and we all had a number and the teacher would tell us to count off. So, the person in the beginning of the line would say one. Then the next person would say two. The next person would say three. Um, So, it was just a way for the teacher to know quickly just by listening whether all the students were there. There's probably many other uh, meanings, Bilal, but that is the meaning that I can think of right now. If anyone in the chat can think of another uh, meaning of the phrase count off, let us know. Let's see here. Um, Next question is from We. Hi, We. Hello, teacher Bob. What is the meaning of viable? Thank you so much and I hope you have a good weekend. When something is viable, it means that it is able to do what it needs to do. The 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 exa- <laughs> sorry, I'm having trouble talking. We plant seeds in the ground. Before we plant the seeds in the ground, we usually test some of the seeds to see if they will grow because we want to know if the seeds are viable. So in that situation, it simply means if the seed is alive. So a seed that is viable is a seed that you can plant in the ground and with some water and some warmth it will grow. So the seed is viable. If you are planning to do something, um, you might want to try to figure out if it is a good idea, if it is viable, if it's something that will work well. Let's say you're going to start a business. Your parents might say to you, are you sure this is a viable business? And what they mean by that is this a business that is going to grow and survive and do well? 
so viable. There's a lot more meanings to that word though but those are two that I can think of. Next question from Khan Lin from Vietnam. Which sentence is correct? Um I don't wanna read all of them out loud because I only wanna read the one that is correct. I would say there aren't any eggs on the table. Number two is correct. You would say there aren't any eggs on the table which is good because the eggs should be in the fridge. Well, at least that's where we keep our eggs. I know not everyone in the world keeps their eggs in the fridge. Hey, I do wanna pause and say hi to the 412 people that are watching. Uh, I should probably since we had technical problems do a little check there. Looks like everything is working. If you are new here and I know many of you are new, um there is a subscribe button there and if you want to know more about where I teach English online, you can go to bobthecanadian.com. There's a whole list there of all the different places where I teach English. Um let's go to the next question. Um Renata says, hi sir, could you explain the idiom hit or miss? Thank you so very much for your effort to answer our questions. You rock. Well, thanks Renata. Um when it's hit or miss, it means that something might be successful or might not be successful. So, sometimes in life when we um let's say we try to sell more flowers at the road. It might be hit or miss whether we succeed. A hit in any kind of sport is usually a good thing where a miss is a bad thing. So, when there's something in the future that might work out or might not, you would say that it's hit or miss. You could say something like, well, you know, cousin Joe, he's not a very good student. It's hit or miss whether he graduates from college. Um basically, you're saying he might or might not graduate from college. Um I do wanna also pause and recognize a few people. Todd and Dave are awesome. They are moderators in the chat. They are faithfully here all the time. If we do go extra long today, they're both willing to stay and that is awesome. I do wanna give a shout out to American English with this guy. His name is Brent. He is often in the chat during my live streams and he also teaches English on YouTube. He is quite helpful when I am doing live streams. Sometimes um he is able to help answer questions and that's very much appreciated. So, thanks a lot for that, Brent. Um let me get and I did wanna say thank you to all my members too but I'll talk about you guys a bit later. Um next question from Margarita. Hi, teacher Bob. Please explain. Hi, teacher Bob. Please explain the difference between the phrasal verbs send out and send away between go out and get out. Thank you. Best wishes from Ukraine. So, when you send something out, the first thing I think of is like a letter. So, let's say I'm inviting people to a party and I wanna send them an invitation in the mail. I would send out the letters, okay? Sometimes during a war, they will send out soldiers. So, basically, they're telling them to go out and do something. When you send something away, it's more like um you know, I'm going to send away. Yeah, let me think about that one because you wouldn't send away letters. You can sometimes send people away. Like, my company's gonna send me away to Hong Kong in order to run that part of the business. So, slight difference. Um to go out. Um when you go out, it means you um leave your house for the evening to have fun. So, you can go out to have fun. You can go out into the world to learn new things. It's simply a phrase describing when you leave your home uh and get out. So, if I'm driving a car, I can get out of the car. Um but sometimes at night, I just wanna get out. So, that means I just want to go out. Notice how I use both phrases there in order to have some fun. Uh by the way, um 
I'm thinking, no, I'm not gonna tell you. Sorry. I had an idea and I'm gonna keep it a secret. That's not very nice of me, is it? But sorry about that. I'll tell you what the secret is in a few months. So, anyways. Um next question is from Eric. What does it mean if someone gets you feeling diamond rich? So, uh Eric, I actually don't know this phrase. It is not a common phrase in Canada. So, I am not familiar with it. So, sorry. I am not able to answer the question. Um let's see here. I see people in the chat saying, uh, hello, Harone. Let's talk Italian with Harone. So, we do have uh, guests who teach other languages. So, that's very cool. And Lolly Lolly's giving a shout out there. That's very cool. Uh let me jump to the next question though. Next question is from Anton Chudin. Dear teacher Bob, how can we know when we should use verbs, the verbs tell or say in conversation? What is the difference? So, I'll just give you two examples. I like to tell stories. When I'm talking to people, I like to tell stories, okay? When I'm talking to people, sometimes I say the wrong thing. So, just a slight difference there. Um I like to say that I'm a good per- I, I, I'd like to say that I'm good at telling stories. I was trying to make a sentence with both words there. It's a good sentence but it didn't work out perfectly. But just think about this. Generally, when you are telling someone something, it means you are relating information to them, okay? So, I'm going to tell my boss that I have an appointment next week. I'm going to uh tell my class a little story about what I did this summer. Um but when you say something, it simply means that you are expressing it, okay? So, I am going to um say a few words right now uh about how awesome all of my members are. So, there was an example. Anyways, all of my members are awesome. (laughs) That was sorry. In English, we would say that was lame. That was a pretty lame description there but hey, I tried. Uh Vita from Ukraine. Hello, how are you? Do you believe in horoscopes? What is your star sign? Have a great day. So, I am not a uh superstitious person. I don't believe in horoscopes. Um I do think they're written in a way where mostly what they say could come true no matter what happens. And my star sign, we would say it's in English, we would say astrological sign and I won't tell you what it is but my birthday is sometime during the summer. That's all I will say. I will also tell you this. I already had my birthday this summer. It was uh some time ago <laughs> during one of the two summer months. That's all I will tell you. Uh let's see here. Daniel has the next question. Uh hi Bob. How do you what do you say when a car is going the wrong way on a street or the street? So, a little correction there Daniel. What do you say when a car is going the wrong way on the street? Is there any expression for that? Yeah, we say that's just a dumb thing to do. <laughs> we could say this though. We could say it's reckless. When you say somebody does something reckless, it means they do it they do something where it's dangerous to them and to people around them. So, if someone drove the wrong way down a street, I would say it was reckless. Um maybe Brent, uh Todd or Dave knows a better way to describe that but I would say reckless would be my description. Let's see here. Um next question is a grammar question. So, I'm gonna skip it because grammar questions are very hard to answer off the top of your head. So, sorry about that. I think it was from Shreya. Sorry, grammar questions. It's better off you're better off finding a YouTube video that teaches that grammar concept if you can. So, Yuliam from Brazil. Dear Sir Bob, thank you for reading my question. How are you? No problem. Um and I'm doing good. Would you like 
I would like to ask you what is the difference between should and ought? Best wishes from Brazil. So, my throat's getting dry. I should drink some water. I can also say my throat's getting dry. I ought to drink some water. They mean the same thing in that situation. The biggest difference is we use should all the time. We don't use the word ought very often anymore. It's kind of an older word. Like you ought to do that. Um you know, I ought to go out and uh, get some pizza for my kids tonight but I actually did that last night already. So, I shouldn't do that twice in a row. We would definitely say should. I would say we use should 95% of the time uh, and we use ought every once in a while. Uh let's see here. Next question. Eric from Brazil. Hi, Eric. Hi, can you explain the sentence? I think I thought I saw you trying. It's in a song but I can't grasp the meaning. So, basically all the person is saying is that I think I thought I saw you trying. We wouldn't really I think they added a lot of extra words to make it sound cool in the song but all you would really say the real meaning is I think I saw you trying. So, let's say a girl and a guy like each other and the girl is being really nice to the guy and she gives him little gifts and she says hi every day. We would say that she's really trying, okay? So, maybe the guy could say, oh, I think I saw you trying and by the, by trying in that situation, we mean that she's trying to get his attention. Uh she's trying to get him to like her. So, we could say, I think, I thought, I saw you trying. The I think and I thought mean the same thing and I think it's just repetition just for the sake of the song. Let's see here. We get this one a lot and I think I've explained it differently each time. Angel Sanchez says, good morning again, Sir Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm confused about the terms find out and figure out. Is there any difference? Thanks in advance. So, just the other day, I usually I say this. Figure out is when you need to solve a problem. Like, you need to figure out a math problem. You need to use logic in order to figure something out and find out is more when you're trying to um determine if something happened or not. So, if all of the cookies in the kitchen were gone, I need to find out who took the cookies but honestly, I can also say I need to figure out who took the cookies. I think more and more we use them interchangeably in English. Um I do wanna stop and say hi to the 553 people watching. Hi, all you people. Um do remember that there is a subscribe button right there if you are interested in subscribing to this channel and do visit bobthecanadian.com at some point if you are interested in other ways that I teach English on the internet. Let's get to the next question. Next question is from Hachut. How can I try to adapt and speak the correct pronunciation of English? So, this question comes up a lot. How do you improve your accent? How do you make sure that you start to pronounce most English words as best as possible? And first of all, I like to tell people don't be embarrassed by having an accent. Don't be embarrassed by the fact that your native language can affect how your English sounds. Do work really hard to reduce your accent but to completely eliminate your accent even like when you're an adult is is quite difficult to do. So, just do this. Listen to English speakers on videos. Hit pause and say out loud what they've said. Record your voice every once in a while and then listen to it yourself and compare it to a native speaker. Speak English as often as you can because 
like my French accent gets better the more I speak French. So, when I'm walking, I listen to a podcast and I often pause it and say things out loud. Just the more you can exercise your mouth, the better your pronunciation will get because um there's words in French that are very difficult to pronounce. Il y a des mots en français qui sont très très difficiles à prononcer pour moi. There are words, I probably made a mistake there. Lolly Lolly, can you tell me? Or maybe Corey J is here. Um there there's always words where it's hard for me to roll the R. So, the more you practice, the better it gets. I'm I'm always feel bad when the answer is you need to practice more. It feels like too simple of an answer but it does have um a lot of value. Uh next question, Singh says, could you tell the difference between empirical and historical involved with and associated with? So, involved with and associated with are very much the same, okay? Um I'm associated with a school where we teach uh, a high school. I'm associated with it. I'm involved with education. So, it simply means that you are part of something, okay? So, if you are involved in a crime, it means you were one of the people doing the crime. If you're associated with the crime, you're also guilty but you weren't maybe actually the person who did it. Uh, Annette says, wow, votre accent est vraiment le fun. Merci beaucoup, Annette. Uh, Elias, thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, hey, Bob. Hey, everyone. You look good in glasses. Thanks, Elias. You know, at some point, when it's hard to read the screen, you have to start wearing glasses. There's really nothing uh that you can do about it. So, um empirical. So, empirical evidence is something I have to look this one up to make sure I get it right. Not a very common word. Um it's a v- So, it's evidence that you can see, okay? So, if there are crumbs on the counter, there's empirical evidence that someone ate a cookie, okay? If I come to the kitchen and uh, all the cookies are gone, that might be a little more uh, evidence that's empirical as well. I can visually see that they're gone. Historical is simply something that happened in the past. Eduardo has the next question. Eduardo says, hi, Bob. Good morning. Some word, some words are a little tricky. Please, could you help me? For example, button and cotton. Well, Oddly enough, I'm not wearing a shirt with buttons today but a button is something that you have on your shirt and the way you say it is button. Um cotton, this t-shirt actually has cotton in it. So, there are different kinds of fabric. There is wool, there is polyester, there is cotton and there are many more. Um but certainly, uh button and cotton, they're tricky, right? Because the two t's and then it ends in n. So, button. So, I'm trying to think. Button. 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 We hardly say the O and cotton. Cotton. So, this shirt does not have a button here but it is made out of cotton. Uh let's see here. Just has this question. Do we need to learn English grammar? This is a hot topic in the English teaching world because there are two schools of thought. One school of thought thinks that you can absorb grammar just by listening and speaking and reading and the other school of thought thinks you need to study it. You'll notice that I often recommend that you need to read, write, listen, speak and learn vocabulary and I don't often mention that you should study grammar but I do believe you should study grammar a little bit, okay? Um especially when you are first starting out 
and especially when you want to practice certain verb tenses. So, for instance, if you want to say a sentence like yesterday, I would have bought an extra pizza if I had known that more people were coming for supper. So, you notice I'm making some pretty complex conjugations there. Um so, it is worthwhile. I would not only focus on um that. Rod in the chat says, I had eye surgery not to wear glasses anymore some years ago. So, my sister-in-law had that uh surgery rod and she loves it because she said when she gets up in the morning, she doesn't have to put glasses on in order to see. For me, more and more, I do need reading glasses. So, I read glasses. <laughs> I read. I wear glasses when I read uh particularly on a computer screen. So, I have a pair of reading glasses in my work area. I have a pair of reading glasses beside my bed because I often read at night before I go to sleep and I have a pair of reading glasses at work. Uh let's see here. Um Next question is from Ario. Hello, hola, Mr. Ba. My question is, how do you use the word whereas? Thanks in advance. So, whereas is a very formal word and you use it to introduce two ideas like whereas education in a school setting is important, students can equally learn at home via distance learning. So, it's kind of you can hear I was using my formal you know intelligent voice. So, whereas um learning in school is important, it's become evident that during COVID-19, students were quite able to learn at home as well. So, it's simply a way to introduce uh two ideas. Uh let's see here. Um next question is from Irina. Hi, teacher Bob. What is the difference between to disprove and to to disprove and to disapprove? Thank you. Have a nice weekend. So, when you disprove something, you you um you prove that it's not <laughs> so, that's a bad example there. When you disprove something, um it means that you prove that it is false, okay? So, if someone says, you stole money, you could disprove that statement by telling them where you were and who you were with the night that the money was stolen. So, you disprove. When you uh disapprove, uh it simply means that you don't approve of something. So, If one of my children started to smoke, I would disapprove, okay? So, I would be like, no, I I don't think that's a good idea. I disapprove. Uh let's see here. Christopher Belen says, hi, teacher. I'm always watching your videos. Do you think we can improve English by talking to a kid who is fluently speaking in English? I think you can improve your English every step of the way by, sorry, I Anytime you can talk to someone in English, it will help your English. If you talk to other English learners, even though their English isn't perfect, it will help your English because you need to think about what to say. If you can talk to someone who is speaking fluent English, that I would do that 100%. That is an awesome thing to do. Let's see here. Next question. Rod VIP. IDP says, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, Rod. I hope things are well down there in Brazil. Is eventually and someday the same in meaning? Thank you so much. Have a great Sunday. Um so, eventually, some people think that eventually I will have a million subscribers. I find it hard to believe that I have 500,000 but eventually, I might have a million. Some people think that someday, I might have a million subscribers. So, 
in that in those situations uh Rod very much the same thing. So, someday and eventually um someday I want to visit Europe. Eventually, I want to visit Europe. So, there is a slightly different meaning. Someday is a little more like a dream. Like my dream is to someday visit Europe whereas eventually has a bit of a context of that you really want to do it and you you don't know if it will happen. So, eventually, I hope to visit Europe. It's something that will happen sometime. That was a tricky question, Rod. I like the tricky ones. They're some of my favorite. Um Arturo Aguilar, good morning, Bob. What is the best way to learn phrasal verbs? Thanks. So, I mentioned this a few weeks ago and I've tried to look this up a bit. I think we only use about 200 phrasal verbs in English. There are thousands of phrasal verbs apparently. Um so, what I would recommend is this. Try to memorize the 50 to 150 most common phrasal verbs and then from there, I think you'll be able to pick more up in conversation. Um I do have three videos I think on phrasal verbs. Uh if you search for Bob the Canadian phrasal verbs acted out. Uh maybe Todd or Dave can find a link to that. I think that's a great starting point. The video is not amazing but it does cover I think 50 phrasal verbs. Um but certainly, I think you can get by with about 150 to 200 phrasal verbs. So, do the hard work of memorizing those. Um Kevin says, hi, teacher Bob. Could you explain to me how should I use weep and cry? So, when you're sad and tears come out of your eyes, we say that you are crying or we can say that you are weeping. Weeping is not as common of a word anymore. We don't use the word weep nearly as much. I was just gonna check Google Trends to see. Uh yeah, I'll do that another time but we usually say, you know, um my son fell in the playground and hurt his knee and started crying. We wouldn't often say that he started weeping. Um weeping is sometimes associated more with um sad being sad and having tears come out of your eyes uh when something tragic happens. You know, sometimes after someone dies in a car accident, you, you might weep because you are incredibly sad. So, there is a slight difference there uh but we most often in English use the verb to cry. Um let's see here. Um I need to make a little change here. Let me find the right buttons everybody. So, what I'm going to do right now and for the next 10 minutes or so is I'm going to switch on members only chat. So, members of the channel are people who have clicked the join button below and have decided to support me uh in a financial way to do these kinds of lessons. If you are a member of the channel, you are free to ask questions in the chat right now. Um so, thank you so much again for being members. That is awesome of you. Lolly Lolly has the first question. I like your light accent when you speak French. When are you going to give an English lesson in French? Je sais pas comment faire ça. I don't know how to do that, Lolly. I would need to write out an entire script in French and then I would need to get my French friend Marie to correct it for me because I would be terrified of making mistakes but I think it's a good idea, isn't it? Because I'm always telling all of you to be to be brave and to just speak English. So, maybe I should make a video entirely in French someday just to uh just as an example that I can be brave too. Even though I'm terrified, I should maybe do that. So, uh un jour, uh peut-être je vais le faire. 
maybe one day I'll do that. Uh, American English is talking to Madi and says, unfortunately, just like everything, you often lose it as you get older. Luckily, my hearing is still really good. I listen to a lot of loud music as a teen. So, Brent is talking about the fact that as we get older, sometimes you start to have problems seeing and you need glasses. Sometimes you have problems hearing and you need a hearing aid. Um, I am the same as Brent. My hearing is really good but I did also listen to a lot of rock music when I was younger. Really, really loud. In fact, in university, I won an award two years in a row for having the loudest stereo in my dorm. I don't know if that's something I should be proud of. Samuel Chen, hi, dear Bob. You look knowledgeable wearing your glasses. Awesome use of the word knowledgeable. We did a lesson yesterday on how to describe people. That was one of the words. Um, and Samuel continues, how do you describe a person wearing glasses in English? Like nearsighted, myopic, thanks. We simply now say that they wear glasses. We don't often describe that someone is nearsighted or farsighted. We might ask them, oh, do you wear glasses because you are nearsighted or farsighted? But the general term is just this person wears glasses. Oh, this person needs to wear glasses. Um, oh, you need to wear glasses? Okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, can I take a guess that you're surprised that you'll have in a few months? No. Yeah, go ahead. But it's we're not having another kid. <laughs> That's not what the surprise is. No, we are not. Uh, Madi says, American English for this guy. God bless you, teacher. Awesome. I love to see you guys talking to each other. Rod, Mr. Bob, what is the most beautiful word in the English language for you? Um, so, I really like, Brent will like this, I think. I really like the word uh, Shenandoah. So, Shenandoah is a place. I don't even know how to spell it. Um, but Shenandoah is a place in the southern US, I believe in Virginia. Um, and I just love that word. It's such a beautiful word to say. So, Shenandoah, the Shenandoah Valley. It's just uh, a cool word. Uh, let me see here. I'm on the wrong screen. Let's go back to... Um, where am I here? Elias Gomez, Bob, can you give an example using the phrase, I have to put my nose to the grindstone. So, in a week, I have to go back to work. So, in order to do all of my YouTube videos and my live streams and do a good job at work, I need to put my nose to the grindstone. In English, when you put your nose to the grindstone, a grindstone is something that spins that you use to grind stuff. I'm not sure why you would put your nose there but it simply means to get up on time, work hard, get lots of work done every day. Christopher, hi teacher Bob. What is the difference between overall and in general when it comes to writing? Thanks in advance. Well, overall, they mean the same thing. In general, they mean the same thing. It's simply, they're both words that you just use to introduce an idea that's fairly broad. So, you could say something like, you know, overall, my kids eat cereal in the morning or in general, my kids eat cereal in the morning. It's just a way to introduce a widespread common fact. Let's see here. Um, Lolly says, okay, Bob, I challenge you. Thanks, Lolly. I will take you up on the challenge at some point. Annette said, it would be a very good idea, Bob, to make a video all in French. And uh, let's see here. Brent says, that's an awesome award. Annette, do you have an accent from Quebec or from France? Well, Annette, that is what is the most curious thing about me. I will tell you why I have such a strange accent. I lived in Quebec when I was younger for about 10 months, a little over 10 months but I practiced a lot of French using Preply um, with someone from Tunisia and someone from France 
And I also have students in my school right now who are from uh, Congo. And so my French is very much, um, someone once described it as a very worldly sounding French because sometimes I sound like I'm from Quebec and sometimes I sound like I'm from other places. So, and right now each week, I practice French with my friend Marie who is from France. So, we meet on Zoom and we practice French and English together. Uh, let's see here. Um, you beat me to it. I was going to guess a sixth child. No, we are not having another kid, Brent. Five is a lot by the way. Gleb says, hello, teacher Bob. There are a lot of spammers in the chat today. It is the price of fame. You are a very popular teacher. Yes and I'm glad that Dave and Todd uh, take care of most of it. That's uh, I think it gets overwhelming sometimes but that's good. Yuting Chang says, hi, Bob. It's great to see you. When I am treated my, when I am treated my depression, every time I watch your video, I always feel much more, so let me rephrase this. It's great to see you. Uh, when I am feeling down or depressed, every time I watch your video, I feel more powerful. That's awesome. I'm glad I can be a positive influence in your life. Uh, Brent is talking about Shenandoah. He says, beautiful place in Virginia. I don't know how to spell it either. I always use Google to spell it for me. Um, Broad loves the word tomorrow. So, the sound is, yeah, I love tomorrow as well. It's a nice word, isn't it? Uh, Elias says, can you give us an example using the words cutting edge? So, Rod, sorry, Elias, in the teaching world, you can teach the same thing every year or you can try to be a cutting edge teacher. What that means is that you can change your lessons to be current and modern, okay? So, a teacher that uses new technology in the classroom is using cutting edge technology. We could also say that they are a cutting edge teacher. Koma says, hi, Mr. Bob. Thank you for the great videos. No problem. Andre says, I was watching an interview with David Beckham where he said, do I be quiet? Do I be cool? Is that a common slang use of do and be together? P.S. You are the best. Well, thanks, Andre. Yeah, that is very much slang and he is also just taking saying things that don't quite make sense to be cool, okay? So, it's like it's just a cool way, cool slang way to say a couple of things. If you said that to someone as a person learning English, they wouldn't know what you're talking about. They would think you're making a mistake. Wasim, hi, teacher Bob. How are you today? Could you explain to me these sentence? The computer is not working or computer not working, which is correct. So, I would say the computer is not working. So, earlier the live stream stopped working and I think it was because the computer wasn't working and during that time, I could have said, oh, I think the computer is not working. So, again, you could say the computer's not working. We would put a little uh, accent S after computer. The computer's not working. Um, Let's see. I think some of the most beautiful words in English come from the French like ambience or ambiance. Depends how you want to say it. Thanks, Brent. And Lolly says, yes, I've already noticed that. Your accent is better now. Yeah. You know, that's the thing and this is good for all of you to know as well. The more you practice speaking the language you are learning, whether it's English for you or French for me, it it really helps you form the words properly because speaking, I always say this, speaking is kind of like a sport. It's you have to exercise your mouth in order to be able to speak properly. Um, just like um, you have to be able to, you have to run a lot to be able to get better 
at running. So you just need to do it more. Uh, Corey J says, hello, Bob and all English lovers. Sorry, I'm running very late. Uh, pas de problème, Corey. No problem at all. Christopher, can we get a teaser? I can't wait. I'm curious. Well, Christopher, I'll give you a slight teaser. Uh, in one of my Wednesdays with Bob video, I told a little story about something that happened when I was a kid and I thought to myself, in order to help people learn phrasal verbs, um, I should maybe think about um, doing a little bit of writing where I write little stories but the story helps you learn English vocabulary. So, that's I guess I didn't give you a spoiler. I kind of just told you what I was thinking but we'll see how that goes. Um, my camera when I put my glasses on loses focus. Uh, anyways, um, I wonder is nowadays a formal word or just too casual for an academic essay? Thanks. So, I would say at this moment in time, sounds very formal. Nowadays is somewhat informal but I think you could use it in an academic essay. You could say nowadays, people are more likely to buy flour because they're baking at home a lot. Um yeah, I I think you could use it. Um let's see here. Elias, last question for today. What does it mean I have to buckle down? Very similar to put your nose to the grindstone. When you buckle down, it means you you can't do anything fun. You have to just work hard all the time. Uh let's see here. Uh um yes, the story about when I was almost a thief. Yes, Brent. Um that story for some of the intermediate um English learners, they really liked it. They really enjoyed a story that had a little more complexity um and a few of my viewers like Rod have mentioned that they like it when I tell stories. Um I like telling stories. It's fun. Also, I use the word tell there instead of say. Did you notice that? I like to tell stories. Uh let's see here. Wow, I didn't expect that from Christopher. Corey J, the phrasal verbs break up and come apart. Are they similar? Thanks a lot. Yes. So, let's say you're in a boat and the boat is starting to come apart. The the boat is starting to break up. It means that you're gonna sink. Okay? But do remember that break up can also be used when two people are dating and when they stop dating and go their separate ways. So, if two people are romantically interested in each other and they start to date and they are boyfriend and girlfriend, if they break up, it means they are no longer dating each other. Elias says, thanks, Bob. And Christopher says, oh, just talking to American English with this guy. Yes. Hey, give me a sec here. I'm going to flip the button and Todd and Dave are gonna be busy again with uh, some of the spam that sometimes happens but thank you to all of my members. I do like to switch the live lessons to members only for about 10 minutes or so every time I do one just to thank my members uh, for supporting me. It's awesome of you. There's a join button below if you are considering supporting me as I continue to teach English on many, many platforms. Let's see here. Next question from Sheik. Hi, teacher Bob. Thanks for picking my question. I wanna ask that which book is best to learn spoken English? So, that's tricky because in order to use a book to learn spoken English, you might want to buy a book that specializes in teaching you how to speak better. So, I would look for a book on everyday English conversation or a book like with a title like the 100 most important English words to know for conversation or phrases. So, certainly get a phrase book but I'm gonna add to this Make sure you get a book that also has an audiobook version so that you can listen to the book as well and then you can shadow the person who is speaking. 
Uh, for sure. Uh, Samuel Chen in the chat says, thanks for allowing this to happen. No problem. It's a lot of fun for me to do this. Um, plus, it's still summer for me. Um, in a few weeks, I'm going to need to buckle down and I'm going to have to put my nose to the grindstone because work is starting. So, hopefully, it goes well. Next is from Giuseppe. Suppose we are not always exposed to an environment full of English. What is the best way you find to maintain the ability of speaking English? So, Giuseppe, you if you remember, I mentioned earlier, if you were here, in order for me to keep my ability to speak French at a good level, I need to speak French with someone once a week. So, I think the same is very true for English learners. If you do not have a spouse who speaks English or a friend who speaks English, you need to find someone that you can speak English with uh, once a week at least. Uh, let me just check something here. Sorry. Okay, everything's working good. Sorry, for a moment there, I thought things might not be working very well. Um, so, yeah, it's just very important that you have that time every week. It, maybe you join a language club um, but for sure, if you can't find someone who's willing to talk to you, uh, use a service like Preply to find an English teacher uh, who can help you. Uh, I highly recommend that. Uh, let's see here. Next question from Harry. Harry says, oh, I just covered up the question. One sec. It'll be back. Hello, Bob. I want to teach my 10-month-old daughter to speak English. Her name is Nadresi. It will be tough for me as her mom speaks Malagasy. Your advice, please. So, I made a little correction while I read that, Harry, by the way. But um, I would simply just spend time speaking to her in English as much as possible. Um, Maybe decide that at certain times that you will only speak English to her. So, maybe if you every other night when you're doing bedtime, you read an English book to her. Maybe you are the parent that brings her to school someday when you are driving in the car or riding on the metro or subway, make that English time. Just create certain moments in your day that is basically English only. I think that would be great. Uh, let's see here. Um, next question. Not sure how to answer this one, Winter, but hi, Bob. Would you mind telling me the differences? <laughs> I'm not sure why the word dude is there. That made me laugh though. The differences between should have V4 and must have V4. So, when you must have something, it's an absolute requirement, okay? When you should have something, it might be a requirement. It might not be, okay? So, it might, you could say something like, um, in order to make bread, you should have yeast, Okay, you don't have to have yeast because you can make yeast with a different kind of leavening agent. I don't want to get into baking. But in order to make pizza dough, you must have yeast and you must... So, anyways, I'm not sure that was a good description but should implies that you probably do need something but it might not be 100% required. Um, But must is 100% required. Daniela from Brazil. Hi, Bob. First of all, thank you so much for your time teaching us. No problem. My question is, what is the most common slang that Canadians use? So, we say a a lot at the end of our sentences. I don't use a a lot when I'm teaching English in my videos or in my live lessons Um, but we do often say like, ah, I'm really thirsty, eh? I better have a drink of water and someone could say to me, wow, you really like doing those YouTube lessons, eh? So, I think a is the most common English slang word. We say it quite often at the end of a sentence, eh? 
I just threw it in there too, just for emphasis. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> um, let's see here. Next question. Um, next question is from Israel. Hello, Bob. How are you? My question is, what does accomplish and look up to mean? I think you're looking for the meaning, right? Thanks a lot. So, when you accomplish something, it means that you did it. Um, when I went to school, I was able to accomplish many things as a student. I was able to get a diploma. I was able to get an education. I was able to accomplish. So, I started something. I did it and I finished it. I was, I accomplished it. When you look up to someone, it means that you respect them. So, often children will look up to their parents. Sometimes children will look up to an uncle, an aunt or a grandparent. It means they have an incredible amount of respect for that person and they like learning things from that person as well. Um, let me see here. Um, I see in the chat, I see Yousef saying, thank you for everything, Mr. Bob. You are welcome, Yousef. Uh, and then Harry says, thank you very much for your answer, teacher Bob. Have a great day. You too, Harry. Thank you for the question. Uh, let's see here. Vladisav has the next question. Hey, Bob, your videos are great. Could you please explain how to use the phrase, make sure, thanks. So, um, when you put a young child in a car, you want to make sure that they wear their seatbelt. So, they might know how to put it on themselves but you want to make sure that they put it on. So, you check, okay? When our kids were little, it was very important that if I put one of my kids in the car that I would make sure that they put their seatbelt on. Sometimes, I would hear it click. You know, they would put it on and I would hear the click but I would still look because I wanted to make sure. I wanted to know in my mind that they actually did it. Let's see here. Uh, Daniel says, hi, Bob. How are you doing? I'm good. What is the difference between it was so hard not to laugh and it was so hard to not laugh. Not to versus to not. Thank you. The first sentence sounds more natural. They both mean the same thing. They are both correct. Okay? But if I said, I saw uh, my brother told me a joke and it was so hard not to laugh. I probably would say that. I would probably not say it was so hard to not laugh. Um, but they do mean the same thing. Um, and we would say both. I think they might be equal. They are both equal in their usage. Um, because maybe I'm watching a show. I think there's a fly on me. Uh, and it's really funny and I could say, ah, oh, it was so hard to not laugh. So, slightly. Yeah, I, th- I was gonna say slightly different but they're not. They're very much the same. Let's see here. Nagok says, hi, Bob. Could you please tell me what is the difference between precise, accurate, exact and correct? They're all very, very similar to each other. When you measure something before you cut it, you want to make sure that you are precise, okay? You want to make sure that you measure precisely. You want to be accurate when you cut it. So, precise and accurate both refer to doing something with precision, doing it with accuracy. Very, very similar, those two words. Um and then when something is exact, Like, if I want to cut something that's 10 centimeters long, a piece of wood, I want to be exact when I do that. So, very similar to precise and accurate as well. Um, And then, if you add one plus one and the answer you get is two, then you are correct. So, hopefully, that helped um, for sure. Uh, Let me see here. Um, Next question is from Leo. Leo says, hi, my teacher Bob. Please explain the, the difference between the two sentences. When I came back home, she was gone. 
when I came back home, she had gone. So, slightly different verb tenses but it means exactly the same thing and it sounds like a sad story. Maybe there was a man and a woman that were married and they weren't getting along. Maybe the man went on a trip and then when he came back home, his wife was gone. When he came back home, his wife had gone. It means the same thing. That's a sad story. I shouldn't tell sad stories. Um but they mean the same thing for sure. Yep. When I came back home, she was gone. When I came back home, she had gone. Um let's see here. John says, hello, teacher Bob. How are you doing? Good. Could you explain please how to use the modal verb would in the past tense? For instance, when I was 16, I would do some sports. So, we often do this. You know, when I was young, I would um play with my brothers and sisters. When I was young, I would eat five hot dogs in one sitting. Uh when I was a teenager, I would often fight with my parents. It's just a way we talk about the past um to indicate something that we did quite regularly. Um and that's the key, right? When I was young, I would drive over the speed limit too often. It's something that happened more than once. Uh let's see here. Uh next question is from Wasim. Let me get this question. Question is, hi, teacher Bob. Good evening. How are you? Today, can you explain to me these this sentence? Computer is not working or computer not working. Which is correct? Thank you so much. The computer is not working. That's what I would say. I would say, ah, what is wrong with this thing? The computer is not working. Um do you have a computer? You could ask a question though like this. You could say, do you have a computer not working? I can fix it. But most likely, you would say, do you have a computer that is not working? I could fix it. Let's see. Um May says, hi, Bob. Thanks for Thanks to you. I'm just curious. How much time do you need to complete a video? For example, the video 10 things you should not do in a classroom. Well, that's a good question. I don't keep track of my time but it takes me about an hour or two hours to think about and kind of write down some ideas for a video um and then it takes me probably about three hours to shoot the video and three hours to edit it. So, it does take me quite a bit of time uh to make a video. Hey, I do wanna just give a shout out to Natalia Illusion is in the chat. Natalia, hi. I hope things are good over there in Russia. It's good to see you. Uh and of course, Rod VIP as well. Rod and Natalia were both uh people that I met via Zoom in the summer. They were the winners of the uh English lessons with Bob Con- contest. So, it was very cool to get to know them uh and to just have a little uh English practice conversation with them each week. So, Natalia, good to see you. Awesome. Hope hope you are doing well at your new job. Uh next question from Angie. Hi, Bob. It's Angie from Taiwan. I'd been diagnosed with depression three months ago and it's good to see you again. So, I wanna ask you, how do you cheer yourself up? So, I will tell you this. First of all, I try to eat healthy and I try to exercise regularly. I don't always succeed but I find that if I go for a good walk every day, it does make me feel better. It's not a cure for someone who is feeling very, very sad or down but it is one thing I think that we can all do in life just to feel a bit better. So, that's how I cheer myself up, Angie. I try to eat healthy. I don't always eat healthy. I try to eat healthy food and I really try to walk uh every day. I find if I start most days with a walk, I just feel better for the rest of the day. It's a nice feeling. So, thanks you, Angie. Thanks, Angie, for the question. Uh Annette from Quebec. Hi, teacher Bob. Thanks for your time. No problem. 
Usually I use should or I have to but do you often use I ought to? I think we had this question a little earlier. Sometimes it's not as common. You know, I ought to use it more. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little funny phrase for me. Um but definitely I say I have to or I should very often, right? Um but yeah, every once in a while I do say I ought to. Um not often but I do. Hey, I wanna pause and say thank you to the 600 people who are watching. Actually, it's 599. I rounded up. I rounded up one. Um if you're new here, there is a subscribe button there. You should click it. Uh and if you wanna find out more about where I teach English online, go to bobthecanadian.com. Um I teach in a variety of ways. I teach on TikTok. I have an Instagram. I teach um in podcasts. I yeah, I There's probably too many things for you to follow all of them but go have a look there. Hey, Jolie is here. Thank you so much for the super sticker, Jolie. You are awesome. Um and if you thought for a moment there that this live stream was ending, it's not. Um it's almost been an hour. Um but it's well, it's a little sunny out now but I'm still gonna keep going because the weather's bad. I can't do a lot of work outside and I thought it would be fun just to try and answer as many questions as I possibly can. Let's see here. So, Katerina, hello, teacher Bob. I want to bring a piece of sun. I think you just did, Katerina, because the sun just came out outside. Could you help? Could you tell me how I can start a letter to my pen friend? We would actually say pen pal. Thank you. I would just start by if it is a friend and it is a very informal letter, just say, hey, how are you doing? I hope you're having a good day over there in Canada, if they're in Canada. Uh, I just wanted to write you a little letter to see how you were doing. I'm doing great. I've had an awesome day or an awesome weekend. So, that's how I would start a letter. Just be as casual and personable as possible especially if it's an informal letter. Uh Annette says, where are the podcasts, Bob? So, Annette, the podcasts are simply the audio of videos I do and live streams and if you go to, let me just see here. I think I might have this. Um let me see if this is the one. I can't remember. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I clicked the wrong thing. We'll see in a minute. It might pop up and tell you that you can visit my website. But if you go to bobthecanadian.com, there are links to many, many things. Uh let me see here. Next question is from Riyadh. Hello, Sir Bob. How are you? I hope you are doing well. Uh actually, just give me one sec here, everybody. I'm just gonna go here and I'm gonna go here and I'm going to go. When I say here, I'm clicking on my screen. That is the link to my podcast. So, there you go. Um Riyadh says, hello, sir. How are you? I hope you are doing well. Do clips about grammar in the best way such you always do. Oh, you like my little videos where I do teach a little bit of grammar. I think that's what you're saying. Um I appreciate that. I hope that you enjoy all of the videos that I do. Riyadh and I hope you're having a good day. Let's see here. Agrippina from Russia. Hi, I have troubles with using apostrophes. My question is what's the difference between children's backpack and children's backpack? Can I even use the last one? So, we would in English get confused as well. Um and so, one is possessive and one is plural. So, we would use the first one almost all the time. Notice I'm looking that up. Um we it's kind of funny though because 
it looks to me like we use both quite often. So I think we move that apostrophe around a lot because not even English speakers always know where to put it. I think the second one is the most correct because it refers to more than one child and it's their backpack. So um I just wanna say hi to Dave and Todd. Uh maybe you guys can give me a thumbs up in the chat to make sure you're still here. Uh we're gonna go for quite a while I think. I'm just gonna keep on trucking. I feel good. Voice feels good. I have lots of water to drink. So, let's keep on answering questions. Uh next question is from Arustam. Hi, Bob the Canadian. Nice to see you. Can you please explain to me such expressions as to go back years? Thanks a lot. Um so, when I'm talking about the past, if I say something like, you know, if I think back a few years, I was a lot more naive. I think I'm a little more wise now. So, when I think back a few years but if you go back a few years and think about what the United States was like then versus now. So, it's simply a way to refer to talking about the past when you go back. Um so, if you go back a few years, um people weren't worried about things like COVID. If you go if you go back a year or two, people weren't worried about it. Next question from Omar. Hi, Bob. My question is, what is the difference between burglar, robber and thief? We usually use the word thief a lot. We don't use the word burglar as much anymore um but they're very similar. Um so, a burglar is someone who steals things. A robber is someone who steals things. We often use thief, okay? So, there were thieves. There's actually thieves that are taking stuff in my area right now. So, there's a big problem because people are having things stolen by thieves. So, they all mean the same. I think thief is probably the most common. Uh let me see your next question. Give me one sec. I like the fact that I can turn my mic off when I need to cough. So, I should have coughed in my elbow, right? Sorry about that. Next question from Johnson Siwasi. Hello. This is my first time being part of your live YouTube video and I'm always watching your YouTube channel. Just wanna say thank you for sharing some English lessons. Hey, Johnson. That is awesome of you. Thank you for watching. Thanks for being here. I hope you're still here. Uh normally, I don't go this long but uh hopefully, you're still watching and uh it's cool that you are enjoying all of my content. Thank you very much. Uh Manadi. Hi, Bob. What's your opinion about being diplomatic? Do you think it's good to be very diplomatic? Doesn't it imply you being less transparent and more secretive? Thanks. It depends. I viewed someone who is diplomatic as a little more honest, open and willing to talk about things. Someone who is diplomatic sometimes can listen to two different opinions and then solve a problem for people. So, I see diplomatic as being a very positive thing for sure. Uh let's see here. Um yeah, there we go. Um next question. Lena says, hello. Hope you're having a great weekend. Can you explain to us the uses of the word own? Thank you. So, there's a lot of uses of this. Like for instance, I own a van. That's the simple way to use it, right? But sometimes I take my own children to the library. Those would be the children that are my children, my own children. Um when you go on a trip with someone, you can say, um I think I'm gonna take my own luggage. Well, you would always take your own luggage. So, you can use it to refer to something that belongs to you as well. Um Annette says, Bob, you're very generous giving us more time. Yeah, we'll see how it goes though, Bernadette or sorry, Annette. Um you can already tell it's really hard to talk for more than an hour 
but hopefully I get my second wind. Um that will help a bit but we'll see. Who knows? Maybe it will go well. Maybe it will just end up be being me talking and not making a lot of sense but hey, I've always wanted to try a little bit of an English lesson marathon. So, we're gonna keep going. Uh let's see here. Next question from Selfina. Hello, teacher Bob. What's the difference between purpose and goal? Thank you so much. So, a goal is something you're trying to get to. You know, so my goal is to help people learn English, okay? Purpose is similar. Um you know, my purpose but it might be bigger than that even. You know, if my goal is to be a good teacher at school, I would say my purpose is to always be a good teacher. So, a goal is very singular. It's something you can see in the future and something you're trying to get to. Uh let me see here. Next question. Andre says, I heard a native speaker ask the question, do I be quiet? Is that common slang to use do and oh, I think we answered this during the uh, members only chat. So, I think that was Beckham that said that. Um it's definitely slang and it's not a very common uh way to talk. Um it's probably like a cool slang hip way to talk. Uh let's see here. Uh, <laughs> uh let's see here. Martin says, hello there, hottie. So, I'm a little embarrassed by that. When you say someone's a hottie, you think that they're very, very attractive. Okay? So, Martin. Thanks, Martin for the compliment. You look great with those glasses. What is the difference between should and if? Notice that sometimes English people use should and in, in maybe instead of if. So, all I can say that is when you create a complex sentence or a compound sentence, if you say, you know, if I eat this um if I eat this cookie, I should go for a walk. So, I'm just gonna give you that as an example. They're not replaceable with each other. Uh the word should and if at all. Uh let's see here. Uh next question is from Ethan. Ethan says, hi, good morning, Bob. I'm from South Korea. I have one question about Canadian slang. What's the meaning of toque and pop in Canada? Thank you for answering my question. I don't think I have a toque beside me here but a toque is a winter hat, okay? And when we drink soda, things like Coke or Pepsi, we call it pop in my part of Canada. So, we'll say, oh, can I have a can of pop? My kids will often say, uh if we watch a movie tonight because it's the weekend, can I have a can of pop? Uh and when we go outside in the winter, we wear a toque. And we do use that word toque. I'm I have lots of different toques and I wear quite I wear quite a I wear a quite a lot of different toques. Uh I'm making myself laugh because I'm stumbling over my words. Uh let's see here. Johnny says, hi, I'm from Brazil and I want to know the different meanings of the word awkward other than the one related to shyness. Um that's probably the most common one. Um when someone uh is awkward, they have trouble interacting with people socially. They're very shy. Um people can sometimes say something That's not really a good thing to say and it can make the situation awkward. So, for instance, let's take this for an example. Let's say there is a woman and the woman is not expecting a child and she maybe is a little bit overweight and someone asks her, oh, are you pregnant? That situation would be very awkward. Everyone would feel like they were in an awkward situation because it's not a very nice question to ask. And the fact that you were wrong then can be interpreted as being a bit insulting. So, you can have awkward situations as well. Let's see here. 
Um, Natalia says, does the word contemporary mean modern, new? Not quite it seems. You can give an example with the word contemporary. So, there's a couple different ways to use the word contemporary. People who do the same job as me are my contemporaries. Um and I wouldn't say contemporary is modern or new. I do think it does have a slightly different meaning. The most common way to describe something that is very new is to say it is brand new. Um and to describe a lot of things you would say that they are modern. Uh let's see your next question. Marcin from Poland, why did you start teaching English? I mean, what made you decide to start teaching? So, a couple different answers to this. First of all, I am primarily a French teacher and a computer studies teacher but I also have taught English in the past at the high school level. Now, teaching English in an English speaking school is a little different. When you teach English, you teach grammar and you read novels and you study writings. So, I started teaching English as a high school teacher probably about uh 10 or 15 years ago because I liked stories and I liked teaching the stories. If you mean why did I start on YouTube? I simply started because I wanted to learn how to make videos. I wanted to learn how to put them on YouTube and I thought as a French teacher, I have a an accent because I'm not a native French speaker. So, I thought because I know how to teach a language, I should use that knowledge to teach English on YouTube. So, I made a few videos and here we are three and a half years later. It's it's like a little bit um hard to believe still actually. Um next question. Hussein says, hi, dear Bob. Which English podcast do you recommend to use for English lessons? So, here's actually what I recommend. I think English podcasts that teach English are great but podcasts from native English speakers who are not teaching English have incredible value. So, I do highly recommend Hussein that you start to listen to podcasts from native English speakers who are talking about things you are interested in because podcasts are cool. On your podcast player, you can slow the podcast down by 10% or 20% and the audio quality is still really good. So, I recommend let's say you love the news. Follow an English podcast that talks about the news, the the events in the world. If you really like technology, find an English podcast about technology. Um I really think that's important. It's an important step when you become um when you move from beginner to intermediate and then to advanced as an English speaker. At a certain point, you should be listening to native speakers podcasting in their language on a topic that they love. Let's see here. Uh Enya says, hey Bob, I really want to know if the phrase a couple of minutes means two minutes. Since a couple normally is or is uh oh is made of two people. Thank you. Have a lovely day. So, technically, a couple of minutes is two minutes. Yes. Technically, a couple of seconds is two seconds but we use that phrase a couple of minutes quite freely. If Jen says, let's go to town. We need to buy some groceries. I can say to her, yep, I'll be there in a couple of minutes. I don't mean exactly two minutes, okay? I mean maybe five minutes, maybe seven minutes, maybe one minute. So, it does technically mean two minutes but we don't always uh stick to that exactly. Uh Julio says, How can I learn English by watching films? So, movies are awesome. 
in the sense that you can get versions of the movie that have subtitles. I would turn the subtitles on and watch it once. I would wait a few days and watch the movie again with the subtitles off. But I actually recommend that you watch television instead of watching movies. Movies don't give you enough time to get used to how the characters speak, okay? Movies are only about an hour and a half long, sometimes two hours. I think television shows are much better. I think television shows where you can watch a one-hour episode um, and there are 10 episodes in the series, it gives you more time to get used to the people who are speaking English on that show. So, movies are great. They're fun. You should watch movies but television shows can be much better. Shane says, hello, teacher Bob. I have a question that in informal situations, what do you call a young woman if you don't have the details? Ma'am, miss, or missus. There's also Ms. by the way. So, Ms. is just M-S. Here in Canada, you would probably say, excuse me, miss. Excuse me. Um, We don't often use a word. Um, If I approach someone and I, let's say I need directions. I could say, um, excuse me, could you help me find the library? I probably wouldn't use miss or ms or missus. I would probably just say, uh, excuse me. But if you're wondering, it is most common to say miss if you are talking to a young woman, okay? So, if I was approaching a young woman who looked like she was 20 years old, I would say, excuse me, miss, could you help me um, find the library? I don't know this city very well. That's how I would ask. Uh, let's see here. Um, Jose has the question. Hi, teacher Bob. How are you? Could you tell me what are the... Oh, I see. Like when people... Okay. So, I think I understand the question. You're asking about uh, people who have trouble seeing, people who have trouble hearing. So, if you can't see, we say that you are blind. If you can't hear, we say that you are deaf. And if you can't speak, we say that you are mute. That would be how we would describe the inability to use those senses. Let me see here. Slava says, hello, Bob. Nice to see you. Please tell me how many words per day did you learn when you studied French? So, I would go uh, up and down on that, Slava. Some days, I would try to learn 100 words, which is almost impossible. I could very easily learn 10 words a day or more, maybe 15. That was quite possible but what I tried to do is to learn at least two or three words from everything I did that day. So, two or three words from a song, two or three words from a story, two or three words from a television show and then I would try to write a sentence immediately using those words. To me, for me, that was the best way to learn new vocabulary. Uh, Let's see here. Um... Next question is from good girl. Sir, I understand what you say. Maybe because you are a teacher and pronounce words more clearly. So, I want to listen to how you speak normally. Well, um, I'm not sure if I have a link to that but I have a second YouTube channel. It's called Bob's Short English Lessons. I teach two phrases speaking this way and then I usually talk about a user comment and then I speak for a minute at full speed. So, give me a sec here. Let me have a drink of water. And I'll just speak full speed just for a little bit. 
when I got up this morning, I just thought this is a really nice day. I think that this is a good day to do a super long live stream. So I texted uh, Dave the Canadian and I said, hey Dave, I might go longer today. Is that okay? Is that work for you? Uh, and Dave responded and said, hey, I don't have a lot going on today. That's no problem. Um, when Todd joined the chat, I said, hey Todd, I might go longer today. Is that fine with you? And Todd responded and said, yep, no problem. I'm totally good with that. So good girl. There was just a little example of me speaking a little more quickly than I normally do. Um, maybe extra quick. Maybe I was trying to talk a little faster than I normally do. Uh, next question from Manaka from India. Hello, Bob. Greetings from India. Could you please make a video about had been, has been, and have been? These all are always confusing. Thank you. Yes. So, I have been thinking about doing that. That's a good idea. I will try to remember that, Manika, uh, and I will try to make a video on that topic. Uh, let me see here. Next question from Marie. Let's see here. Hello, Sir Bob. May I ask what are good strategies that teachers use to listen to their learners during discussion? Thank you and God bless. Well, the biggest thing is this. For me as a teacher, it's important to listen to people one-on-one. Having conversations as a group is very good when you are learning a language but when you are an English teacher or a language teacher, it's important to have one-on-one conversations with students. What I do when I'm teaching my classes is I have students meet me in the hallway and we have a small conversation and then I can give them tips individually. Uh, For sure, that's a good thing to do. Uh, Let's see here. Arma says, hello, Bob. I have a question. How about I'd for I had and also I'd for I would? Thank you in advance. Have a nice day. Um, Let's see. I had a good time. I had a good time. We don't usually say I'd for I had. We don't do that very often. If I say I'd rather not go, it means I would rather not go. Um, If I went somewhere and it was fun, I would say I had a great time. It might sound like we're moving it together, Arma. It might sound like I'd but it's definitely I had. I think when we speak quickly, um we do that. Let's see here. Oh, this is all capitals from Constantine. Um let's see. Let me put this here. Constantine says, "Hello Mr. Bob, thanks for your interesting lessons. What's your favorite foreign writer and what kind of literature do you like?" Thanks a lot. Um so I don't have a lot of favorite foreign writers, although right now I am reading a story by Elodie and the story is in French and it's called Le Chronologue, I think. She's a new author from La, the island of La Réunion. Uh, it's a good book so far. I really like it. Um, uh, and what kind of literature do you like? I like science fiction and I like fantasy very much. When I watch movies, when I read books, when I watch TV, those are often, um, that's the genre that I really like. Um, Sala, I don't know exactly where to point you, what direction to point you, but what is the best account for stories in English? Uh, I'm not sure. There are not a lot of YouTube channels where people simply tell stories. You're better off buying a book that teaches English through stories. Yvette says, hi, Bob. The short lessons you give us every day are very, very useful to me. Many, many thanks. Well, no problem, Yvette. So, Yvette is talking about my other channel. Um, I think I can post a link to that if I do this. I think that does what I think it does but we'll see in a minute. Uh, let me get to the next question. Next question is from Sevda from Turkey. Hi, Bob. What is the difference between expand and expend? So, when I eat a lot of food, my stomach starts to expand. (laughs) Um, When you blow air in a balloon, the balloon will expand. 
Um, but when I exercise, I expend energy, okay? That means I I use a lot of my energy to exercise. So, that would be the difference. Um I'm gonna skip the next question. Corey is asking about English collocations. Corey, I'm just gonna skip that question. Probably better if I make a video about that at some point. Um let's see here. Next question has a word in it that I can't use. Um so, sorry, Lucas, I have to skip your question as well. Um it's not a swear word. It's just not a term that we can use here on YouTube. Uh next question. Tony says, is it true that native speakers use advanced vocabularies in daily conversations? Thank you, teacher Bob. Um so, this is interesting, Tony, because there are a lot of phrases that native English speakers use a lot and I know sometimes you'll see YouTube videos that say the title will be um you know, stop saying I'm fine and then they'll teach you other ways to say something but in English, we we often just say I'm fine. We're not overly complex speakers. We don't use a lot of advanced vocabulary when we're speaking everyday English. Um we're, we're quite simple in the vocabulary we use. Um let me just check something folks. Excellent. Um I've never gone this long before so I just wanted to make every, sure everything is working. Um next question I don't quite understand so I'm gonna skip that one. Next question from Max from Amsterdam. Hi, Max. By the way, did you know, Max, that my parents both came from Holland when they were children? They immigrated to Canada. Hey, Bob, what do you think about the statement that Canadian, the Canadian English accent is a perfect way to start learning English, the English language because it's neutral and universal? Let me read that again, Max. I made a couple small fixes, okay? Hey, Bob, What do you think about the statement that the Canadian English accent is a perfect way to start learning the English language because it's neutral and universal? Um I do agree with that. I don't know if it's true but I do know that many people who are learning English do like learning Canadian English because it is fairly neutral. There's it's not a strong accent. Um nothing against the Scottish but Scottish people who speak English have a very thick accent um and it can be challenging for even me to understand Irish and Scottish people when they speak English. Um America has a lot of the same kinds of English as Canada. Um there are some areas of of uh, the United States where it's very neutral but there are some strong accents in the United States as well. So, I agree. I don't know if it's true but I certainly do agree. Uh Simi says, Hi, Bob. I just wanna say thank you for sharing useful videos. You are the best teacher. Well, thank you so much, Simi. That is very, very nice of you. Uh let's see here. Oh, this is from Stephen. Hello, teacher. My question. When do I use have no instead of don't have? So, I could say if someone said um like if my kid said I would like a bowl of ice cream, I could say I don't we don't have no ice cream. That's slang and it's quite improper but we do say it. Like, oh, we don't have no ice cream. You should say we don't have any ice cream, okay? Or I have no ice cream. I don't have any ice cream. Um so, have no is kind of a funny thing. Um we have no ice cream. Um we have no reason to go and buy ice cream. We don't have any reason to go buy ice cream. So, the second phrase is more correct um for sure but you will hear have no quite a bit. Uh let's see here. Yasin says, hi, Bob. What are the differences between sneak and creep? Thanks in advance. So, when you 
like when you sneak up on someone, you walk quietly. When you creep up on someone, you also walk quietly. Um but we can also use the word creep to describe someone who's not a very nice person. You could say, ah, he's a creep. That means he's not nice. He says mean things. He might say rude things and you would call that person a creep. Hey, it's been an hour and 24 minutes. I'm gonna keep going. Um I know many of my regulars and my members are still here. You do not have to hang around. (laughs) It is nice that you are here and supporting me and watching the channel but if you've been watching for almost an hour and a half and you have stuff to do, you should go do it. I'm gonna keep going for as long as I possibly can. I don't know how long that will be but I do wanna say hi to the 586 people watching and remind them that if you click that button there, you can subscribe to this channel. It's a good thing to do in my opinion. Let's see here. Nestor has the next question. What is Ontario? Which oh, which is the best pronunciation? Ontario. So, I live in the province of Ontario and that's how I say it. This is the province of Ontario. I live in Ontario, Canada. Um let's go to the next question. Um Anthony says, hi, Bob. I need advice. I have found a friend who is an English native speaker and I'm teaching her Spanish. I want to know how can I take advantage to improve my English. So, this is what I do, Anthony, with my friend Marie. We meet for one hour each week on Zoom. We speak French for half an hour. Marie corrects me if I make mistakes and then we speak English for half an hour and I correct Marie if she makes mistakes. Um we also do send each other one email each week where we try to write a little bit about what we're doing at home, at work, etc. And then during our conversation, we tell each other what mistakes we have made in each other's email. So, I would do that. I would certainly see if you can have one hour a week where you can uh speak to each other just in English and then half an hour, sorry, half an hour in English, half an hour in Spanish. Uh let's see here. Tariar says, hello, Bob. What's the difference between expressions and idioms? Sometimes I'm confused. Thanks in advance. You're a big fan here. So, an idiom is just like a mini word story that we use. We had one earlier. Put your nose to the um it's time to put your nose to the grindstone. An expression is very similar, you know. Um if I say you need to toughen up, it means you need to just do a better job and you need to be less worried about what people think about you. Um so, I would say anytime the idiom feel or anytime the phrase seems like a little story, I would say that it is an idiom. Uh let's go to the next question. Uh is from Naj Kashtrin. Oh, here we go. Yes, this is uh this is a good one. Hey, Bob, what's up? When I listen to one person speaking in English, then I have no worries but hearing a debate confuses me. Can you tell me what I can do as a solution? Thanks. When you I had this in a video once. I went to a mall and I interviewed people and asked them why they liked Christmas and what I noticed is when two English speakers talk, we're very polite. So, one person talks and then the other but when three people talk, we tend to talk over each other. We tend to when one person is talking, we start talking while they're talking. This is very hard for someone learning a language. The the only way to get better at it is to listen to more debates but the that's the problem you're experiencing is 
one person is starting to talk before the other person has finished. Uh let's see here. Next question is from Elon. How advanced do you need to be in English in order to move to Canada? I don't know the exact example but if you look on the internet, if you search for how to immigrate to Canada, they will tell you what the language requirements are. I do know if you are a native French speaker or if you have proficiency in the French language. I think it's easier to move to Canada than if you are an English speaker but I would do that. I would search on Google for um how to immigrate to Canada and that should tell you. I get this question a lot. Uh Zhao says, hi Bob. I noticed you pronounce the word conversation with a Z sound or Z sound if you're American are both ways accepted. In my area of Ontario, Canada, when we say conversation, it sounds like a Z. It's I did not realize this until I started making YouTube videos um but it is very common in my area. We say conversation and you hear a little Z sound come out. My brothers and sisters do it. All of the people I work with do it. So, it is not I don't know if it's common everywhere. Most people in English would say conversation and you would almost hear the word say in there but I say conversation. So, I overemphasize it a bit there. Great question, y'all. Uh let's see here. This is from Raphael. Raphael says, hello, Mr. Bob. I have no questions. Just wanted to say that I'm a big fan. Keep it up with the good work. Thanks very much, Raphael. That's awesome of you. Uh let's see here. Um Bailey says, hi, Bob. How are you? I'm good, Bailey. What does minority, regardless, and volunteer mean? So, a minority is any group that is smaller than other groups, okay? So, for instance, right now, um people my age with gray hair on YouTube, I'm definitely a minority, <laughs> okay? We're in the minority. Um people who are my age don't often make YouTube videos or um have a YouTube channel. So, I'm definitely a minority when it comes to that. Um in some places in the world, uh different uh people might be in the minority uh for reasons of gender or reasons of race, etc. Um when you volunteer, it means that you work somewhere for free. So, you work somewhere without expecting pay. You simply re uh you simply work there because you want to help out. Uh let's see here. Joey has the next question. Joey from China. Hi, Bob. I like your channel so much. Could you explain this please? Their silence is deafening. Thank you. So, first of all, the phrase the silence is deafening or when something is deafening, it means it makes it hard to hear. When you say their silence is deafening, it probably means someone is protesting something in a way where they're not saying a lot, okay? So, that's a tricky one. It's it's in context. It probably is uh, a much easier phrase to understand for sure. Uh Nakshu says, I am back. <laughs> Welcome back, Nakshu. Very awesome of you to be back. Uh let's see here. Um let me get to the next question. I might be at the end. Did I get to the end? Did I do it? One sec. Let me check here. I did it. I did it, everybody. I answered all the questions. I know I skipped one or two along the way uh because I wasn't able to answer the question because it had to do with grammar uh but uh, I just checked the list. The last question is from Joey from China. So, that's it. We did it. I did it. I answered all the questions for once. Uh it's been an hour and a half. Thank you so much uh for watching. I am gonna wrap this up. I don't know if you could tell but for the last 20 minutes, I was definitely fading. When you say that you are fading, 
you are starting to uh, lose your energy. So, this was fun. I hope I made sense for the last 20 to 30 minutes but thank you so much for all being here and watching. Remember, you can watch parts of this video again later with English subtitles on. They are auto-generated but they might help you understand that part of the video. I do wanna mention again, visit bobthecanadian.com if you want to see all of the places where I have English lessons on the internet and do uh, subscribe right here if you are not a subscriber. Uh, this was fun. We had about 550 to 600 people uh, for almost the entire live lesson. That was really cool. Um, Anyways, thank you to my members. If you are not a member, there is a join button below if you want to support my channel. Thanks to Dave and Todd for moderating the chat for a little bit extra longer. Uh, so, sorry, for a little longer than normal. Uh, and thanks again to Brent for being here uh, and just being a cool guy. Um, that's American English with this guy, by the way. Um, I really think it's time for me to click end. And uh, I'm not sure how often I will do live streams that are this long. It uh, takes a certain amount of mental energy uh, to do it. But I'm gonna tell you something. There's one more question now. Just one sec here. Let me get to the next one. Maybe I can't pull it up. I saw one more pop up. Let me see if I can find it. Bob, you should really just quit. It's time to quit. Don't try to do one more. Yep, I'm doing one more. So, Diego, you get the last question. Does the word often have a silent T? When you say often really quickly, so I often say it really quickly, the T becomes very, very silent and you hardly hear it. Anyways, thanks for being here. Brent, thanks for being here. Lolly, thanks for being here. Sam, thanks for being here. Huang Vo, Nakshu. Uh, thanks, Dave and Todd once again. I am definitely clicking the end button. I'm gonna wave as I do it. Bye, everybody. Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me, in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash bobthecanadian.